0: When I was in middle school, I started playing street hockey with my friends. We would literally play every day after school. And as I got into high school, I thought I would give ice hockey a try. I had grown up roller skating because back in the 80s and early 90s, roller rinks were kind of cool. I think that's changed a little bit. And so I thought I could do ice hockey, and I played some rec leagues, and it was fun. And then eventually I tried out for my school team, played junior varsity my sophomore year. And then junior year, I decided I would try out for varsity. Our varsity team was pretty good, I didn't think I would make it, but the coach came to me after tryouts and said, listen, you can play, and he was a very intimidating guy, and I know you're probably thinking, intimidating hockey coach, hard to imagine, and he looks at me with a straight face and he said, I want you to play varsity, but you're not going to play a lot, or you can play junior varsity and play all the time. And I thought about it for about zero seconds and said, I'll play varsity. So I was on the team and one time we went on a road trip, we wanted to see how good we were, we were going to play two of the best teams in the state. So we go down to this road trip, first game we play, we lose 10 to one. Not very good, the coach was a little mad afterwards. He came into the locker room after the game. He said some things I can't repeat in church. He left. So you would think then that night at our hotel, the team would go to bed early and make sure that they were prepared for the 10 o'clock game the next morning. I cannot share with you the activities that happened in that hotel that night, but needless to say, they were not ready. Our team was not ready as a whole. We go play the next game after the first period. We go into the locker room and we're down four to nothing. Coach walks in. He's a short guy, bald, really, and just has this look, just fuming. Grabs one of the players' hockey sticks, starts breaking it against the wall, throws it on the ground, and walks out. As soon as the door shut, the locker room erupts in laughter. And looking back, it was hilarious. Like. But that should tell you kind of where we're at. So people are like imitating it and doing all this. And our captain, who would later play minor league hockey, he was a really good player, he stands up and he's like, okay, a guy, and he starts talking. But nobody really was listening. And then finally, and he was a really fiery guy, he's just like, hey, listen up. And everybody kind of froze. And then he gave us this whole speech about how we weren't playing our game and all this kind of stuff. It was one of those where everybody's kind of, you know, cheering afterwards. We're like, yeah, let's go get him, let's go get him. Uh, We lost 11 to nothing. That game, but uh, that's not really the point. But when I think back to that interaction, two things come to mind. First, nobody tells you to listen up if you're already paying attention, right? It would be really strange if, if here, like, you're engaged and these people here in the front row are engaged and I'm just in the middle of the message, you're like, hey, listen up. They'd be like, I am listening, right? It'd be super awkward. Second thing is, there is a very large difference between hearing and listening. If you have children, you've probably said that to them a few times. And this morning, we are going to talk about a time when Jesus said, listen up. We are going to, we, he said this to his disciples, and uh, Ryan already prayed for us, so find Luke chapter 8 in your Bible. It's important to get a copy of God's Word in front of you. If you have a Bible on your phone, that's fine. There are some in the back. And we're talking about the parable of the hidden lamp, and we've been talking about parables this fall, and a parable is a story that teaches something new alongside of something familiar, Look at Luke chapter 8, and I'm going to start in verse 16, and the verse will come up on the screen too. Jesus is talking, and he says, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have will be taken for them. Now, this parable, it's important. Context is huge. It follows a more well-known parable called the parable of the sower. And that parable is all about hearing God's word and putting it into practice, the parable of the sower. And actually, if you look up a little bit in Luke chapter eight, look at verse 15. We've got to see what precedes it. Jesus says, the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word retain it, and by persevering, produce a good crop. And so we want to be good soil. That's what we want. When we hear God's word with a noble and ready heart, when we receive it, when we retain it, and we push through in obedience, even when it's hard, that, that, that's, what, that's what we want. That's the goal. But then at the end of earlier at the end of verse eight, Jesus said this, whoever has ears, let them hear. Well, who has ears? Can I see a show of hands? Is there everybody with ears? It's really weird that like four of you aren't raising your hand, but I don't... And Jesus is saying, listen up. And so he's like, here's what I'm saying. Here's my word. I'm giving it to you. Grab a hold of it and keep going. And he doesn't seem to have a lot of confidence that this is taking place. And how do we know that? Because of the repetition. Because he says it in the parable of the sower, let he who has ears, let him hear. Because he says we wanna be good soil," And then he follows it up with the parable of the hidden lamp. And he doesn't waste words, right? Jesus isn't trying to fill a certain amount of time. He's saying, I I don't think you're getting this. I, I want you to listen up, look back at verse 16, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed, but instead they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. The lamp he's talking about would be an oil lamp, much like this one, a picture will come up on the screen for you to see it, and these are the kind of lamps that they would use, usually a little bigger, and when you light this lamp, you're not going to put it on the ground, right? Because when you stand over it, no one's going to see. I thought it would be easier maybe if I illustrated with something like this, right? If you're trying to light something up, if you're trying to illuminate, you want people to see the light, you are not going to take the light and put it on the ground. Instead, you are going to take it and you're going to put it up on something so that it can be seen, right? I mean, everybody's kind of getting that. Does that make sense to you? When a person comes in, you want them to see the light, So that way, you put it somewhere where it can be seen. Tell the person next to you, say, this is so obvious. Okay, a little sassy this morning. Calm down, stop yelling. (laughs) This morning, we're gonna look at three ways to listen up. And the first is this, don't hide the light. Don't hide the light. So first, we have to establish what the light symbolizes. Because earlier in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in, in Matthew, he tells his disciples this. He says in verse 14 of Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl, right? Same idea. But then he says, instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. And then he says this in verse 16. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And here, in Matthew 5, Jesus is talking about the works you do, the deeds you do, and that they're your light. And they bring attention to God, Right? You The things that you do draw attention to God. This is different than Luke chapter 8. And let me point out the difference. So in Matthew, he's saying you put the light on a stand, right? and the light shines, and it shows you everything else in the room. So by the deeds that you do, people are able to see the things of God. They're able to see what God has done in your life. That is very, very different than what he's saying because look at Luke eight sixteen, He says no one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar and puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in and I underline this in my Bible, can see the light. Here the light's put on a stand not so it'll illuminate everything else, not to draw attention to everything else, but to draw attention to the light. The light is the actual object. He wants people to see the light. He doesn't want to use the light to see everything else. The light is there to be seen. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed, but instead they put it under a stand so those who come in can see the light. So what is the light? Well, the light here is the true knowledge of God. God. The light here are the things that Jesus has revealed to his people. He's saying, I want you to lift it up. I want people to see the things that I've said, and so I don't want you to hide them. Luke chapter, well actually Luke chapter 7 is all about who Jesus is. Luke chapter 8 starts with Jesus proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. Then you have the parable of the sower. It's all about putting things into practice. And now he's saying, hey, everything you've heard, everything you've seen, now that you get who I am, don't hide it. That's what people, people don't do that with lamps. They put it on a stand so people can see it and people can see the light. He's saying, let them see me. Let them see the things you know about me. Don't hide it. And so I just wanna ask this. Could you name three people in your life right now that you are praying for, that you are sharing with, that you wanna see that are outside of the kingdom of God and you wanna see that changed? Because for me, I've been thinking about this a lot and as a professional Christian, it is so easy for me to say, yeah, actually, I shared with a couple hundred people today, right? And that is just so wrong. And so, especially as I've been preparing this over the past several weeks, I've been asking God, give me three people who are outside of the church, who I can, can be intentional about, who I can share the great things that you have shown me. However, there's more to not hiding the light than just verbally sharing the things of God, although you should share them verbally, verbally. Tell the person next to you, say, you should share them. All right, six of you did that. Let's get with it here. If the light is Jesus, if the light is the things we know about him, if that's what attention should be drawn to, like a moth to a flame, let me ask you this. What is it about your life that reflects Jesus? What is it about the way that you live that causes people to say, there's something different here? Hey, listen up. I was uh, at a couple of colleges this week doing some visits and I sat across from somebody who said this to me. They said, I don't think anyone's going to want to know more about Jesus just by the way that somebody lives. And they couldn't be more wrong. Because many years ago, I had a friend, his name was Dave, and he lived in such a way that made me question everything that I knew to be true. Everything about who I was. He used words I didn't use, or didn't use the words that I used, is probably a better way of saying it. He didn't worry about the things that I worried about. He had a hope that I didn't have. And he also verbally told me, he talked about Jesus like he was real. He talked about him like he knew him too. But when I looked at the way he lived and I looked at the way I lived, I said, this is very, very different. I wonder, do you use words that associate you more with the world than with God? Are you quick to forgive? And I don't mean just the thing where you do it in your heart, but outwardly to where you live towards the person in a way that says, even though that was wrong, I'm letting it go. I wonder, does the way you use your time say Jesus is more important than insert the blank? Are you a person of honesty in all dealings? I was with a young man this week too who's gonna go into the financial world. And in there, I said, we talked about how do you glorify God in that? And I was really impressed by what he said. He said, well, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be a person of integrity. I mean, it's gonna stand out how I do. And I'm like, that's exactly what a follower of Christ should be doing. Are you compassionate towards others? I wonder, are you serving? Are you, do you have a weekly kingdom responsibility? Are you patient? you have self-control? Listen up. Don't hide the light. Let others see Christ in you because this is what you were created for. So three ways to listen up. First is don't hide the light, and the second is this, reveal the secrets. Now we all know people who can't be trusted with secrets. Please do not elbow them if they are sitting next to you. However, I have blown my share of secrets, but usually it's because I didn't know that they were secrets. Did you know that sometimes it's a secret that you were invited to somebody's wedding? Because I didn't know that until years ago. I'm sitting across from a man named Dave, and we were sitting at a Giordano's pizza in Chicago area, and we were just chatting, and it was a great conversation. And then towards the end, I said, oh, hey, by the way, are you going to John's wedding? And he looked at me, he goes, well, when'd you get the invitation? You would think in that moment I would figure out what's happening. I was like, I got a long time ago. Like, are you sure you didn't get your, does he have your ad, does he have the right address? Like, what? and we're going through this. He's like, man, I don't, I, don't, I don't know that I got it. And I'm like, you have to have got it. Go back and check your mail, talk to your wife. Like you, and I was like, you're invited. Leave the meeting, text this guy, John. Hey, John, I was just with Dave. Uh, he didn't get his wedding invite. He goes, that's because he's not invited. Fast forward about two years. This guy, John, who got married, sitting in my basement with some other people, and we're just sitting there chatting and so forth. A different Dave, there's two Daves in this equation, the different Dave is getting married. And so I just bring up, I said, hey, by the way, are you going to Dave's wedding? He looks up, he goes, when'd you get the invitation? <laughs> so we'll just end that story there because it only gets worse, right? I didn't know it was a secret, but, but we all have blown our share of secrets. Secrets are meant to be kept. But as Jesus often does, Jesus goes counterculture and here the secret is to be revealed. Back to Luke eight. We already said no one lights a lamp in verse 16 and hides it in a clay jar, puts it under a bed. Instead they put it on a stand so those who come in can see the light in verse 17. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and there's nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. And here we're, he's talking here about making known who Jesus is. Letting people know the things you've learned about him. He's saying put the lamp up on a stand He's saying, when it's up there, turn it on. When we learn things about God, don't hide them. Why? Because the whole reason you have them is so they would be brought out into the open. God is trusting you and I with something. There's a well known quote by Albert Einstein, and he says, The right to search for truth implies also a duty. One must not conceal any part of what one has recognized to be truth. He's saying when you find truth, you have an obligation and a responsibility to do something with that truth. God reveals things so that we can reveal them to others. So don't hide the lamp and reveal the secrets. In the book of Colossians, the apostle Paul writes this. He says, the word of God has been made fully known and that the mystery hidden for ages and generations is now revealed. You see, for centuries, people didn't know what God was up to. People were expecting a political revolution. They could not comprehend the idea of a savior who would come and save them from their sins. They wanted a savior who would come and save them politically. And I think sometimes we still look to politics for hope. But Jesus didn't come to start a political revolution. Jesus came to start a spiritual revolution. He came so that you and I don't have to remain broken. He came so that we can encounter and engage with a God who puts broken things back together, who heals the sick, a a God who, who makes all things new. Some of us have met with him. And I wonder, have you grabbed a hold of the mystery of God? Because there are some in here that it's still a mystery to you. But when we recognize that we are broken, when we recognize that we need him to put us back together, when we grab hold of the reality that Jesus has come and died in our place and that's what the cross is all about, Jesus standing there to bring healing to us, to put us back together, the mystery of God is no longer mysterious. It becomes personal. It becomes transforming. It's everything to us. And so I gotta say, if you are here this morning and you are still broken and you are staying in that brokenness and you have not let him start putting you back together, I believe God has brought you here on this day in this time so that you would hear the words that I'm saying right now. Jesus has come to make you new. And the only thing standing in the way of that starting is you. And it's a simple prayer of faith. It's a simple, I'm broken. I need you to make me new. Take what I have. Take who I am. And if that's you, if that's you this morning, Do not leave this place without doing something about that. Come up here after the service. We have this uh, app, and on the app, there's this this part where you can uh, send um, an email out. It'll say contact. Send something. Tell somebody. Tell the person sitting by you. But do not leave this place without doing something about it. However, if you've already grabbed a hold of the secret, if if Jesus is real and personal, then stop hiding it. Reveal the secrets. What is the outlet you have to share the things That you have learned about who God is. Who are you investing in and passing on the things that God has taught you? If you have children, what is the avenue that you use to pass on and teach your children the things that God has shown you? When you're at work or you're in whatever your context is in your social relationships, how are you sharing the things of God in your life? Uh, Down the road, I'm going to hopefully do a sermon on Psalm 78, but I want to share part of that with you. Because in verse five, the psalmist says this about God. says that he decreed statues for Jacob, statutes, and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so that the next generation would know them. Look at that, he's saying, look, he's given us statues, he's given us law, and he's telling them to pass it on. God gives us stuff so we can pass it on, and that is a perfect lead into our final point this morning, which is to defeat the drain. To defeat the drain. So I, I've got a. A few annoying habits, I know it's hard to believe, but one of them is I like to p- take my wedding ring and just go like this all the time, right? And just kind of flip it. Anyone else do that? I'm wondering, no, you, just me, wow, that's really embarrassing. <laughs> and so one time I was doing this and I, was, I had my headphones in, I was on the phone and I was walking around and then I, I went into the bathroom to grab a Kleenex or something, I don't know, and I went like this and of course what happened? It fell out of my hand and it fell down the drain, and that was not ideal because then you have to take the drain apart. You find out how gross your drain is and so forth, right? You see, you and I, we hear things about Jesus. We learn who he is. We, we, we learn that he fixes the broken, that he makes things new. Every week, many of you come here and you get so much input and, and you just, and we're consuming so much. We have so much information, but then for many of us, it just goes down the drain, You see, I think we don't need more information. I don't think we need more input. I think we need to do more with the input that we already have. Because too often what we hear is gone before we have the opportunity to do anything with it. Back to the text. Look at verse 16 again. We'll go through all three verses again. And I'll go through two and add 18. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so those who come in can see the light. For nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, nothing concealed that will not be known or brought into the open, verse 18, therefore, consider carefully how you listen. And you should underline that in your Bible. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken from them. And so he's saying, don't hide the lamp. Grab hold of Jesus and then reveal him in the way that you live and in the things that you say. Because it's all out there, right? It's saying, Jesus is like, I didn't give you this so it would be hidden. But therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Go back to the beginning. Remember, nobody tells you to listen up if you're already listening. So the fact that Jesus is saying this, he's saying, despite everything I've just said, I really want you to get this. I really need you to listen up. And there's a difference between hearing and listening. Earlier in Luke 8, Jesus said, he who has ears, let him hear. And now he's saying, consider carefully how you've listened. You've heard the things of God. You've heard about Jesus. But have have you listened You know, some of you, when I talked a few minutes ago about about just kind of that surrender to God, you're thinking, I've heard that before, but have you done something with it? Well, Well, how do you know if you are? How do I know if I'm doing something with it? Well, I think back to the captain of my hockey team when he said, listen up, and then he told us like, hey, listen, you guys aren't doing the things that you were taught. That's how he knew that we were not listening to him because we weren't doing what we had heard. And so there's two ways to defeat the drain. And the first one is when we hear truth, we have to take action. It's like last week, I, or two weeks ago, I was thinking through this sermon and so forth. And I came across this really good sermon on prayer. So this, this message is in my mind. And so I told my wife, I said, hey, there's a really good sermon on prayer. I think you should listen to it. And then I thought about it and I was like, what made that a good sermon for me? Well, I liked it and it challenged me and, and, and so forth. But if it didn't make me start praying, what was, like, what was I doing? And so I went back to it. And I kind of pulled a few things out and you guys heard me tell the stories of how I don't do this so often. So I was pretty encouraged that I said, you know what, I wanna hear this sermon. I, it really was pretty great. But now I'm, I have a couple of disciplines that I have in my prayer life. That's how I know I really heard it. Defeating the drain starts by taking action. See, when you, when you hear truth, you don't just hold on to it. You hear truth and you put it up on the stand so that people can see it. And that starts by living it. The, the incredible irony of this sermon is the number of people who will hear it and not do it, right? That's, and that's, that's the reality of it. But right now we have everything we need to take this and put it into practice. And so what are you doing right now that God has told you not to do? I'm sure there are things that you have heard God say, no, stop doing that, it's time to get help. It's time to tell somebody. It's time to engage somebody in that. What are the things that God has told you to do and you're not doing there are probably some steps of obedience in a room this size and there are people that are just still aren't doing it. And you're like, God, I need, so, I need a word from you. And he's like, but you're not listening to the last ones that I said. And so be, take, be carefully, be careful about how you listen. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Defeating the drain starts with taking action. And the second thing is when we hear truth, we should share it. You see, when you learn something about God, when he reveals about who he is, pass it on. Man, do you you talk to your spouse about the things of God? Do you talk to your children, your friends? Tell somebody. Go beyond just making it a Facebook status. You see, I I cannot think of a time when someone has come up to me and shared with me something that God was doing in their life or something they learned, and I was just like, that is such a boring story. Tell somebody who cares. Like, I would never do that unless I was kidding, but I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't do that, right? And you might be thinking, yeah, but you're a pastor. They pay you to hear about people's God stories, right? However, did you know the book of Ecclesiastes says that God has put eternity in our hearts, that there is something in everybody that they are longing for more than what they have, and they are looking for something that lasts, and they are looking for something real. People wanna hear about God. People just don't wanna do something about what they hear. There's a difference. And so too often, because of that awkwardness of, of people being challenged, we just hide it. When I gave my life to Christ, it was probably five years before I even mentioned what God was doing in my life to my parents. And they're not believers and I just never even mentioned it. And finally, I was convicted and challenged and it changed everything because they wanted to hear it. And I was able to be bold and it changed so much for me. You defeat the drain when you hear truth by taking action and by sharing that truth. Look again at verse 18. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have Even what they think they have will be taken from them. And so we receive God's word. We receive Jesus and the things about him. And we know we've received it when we do something about it. And then what this verse is saying is the more we receive, the more we'll have to share. If we don't listen up, we're not gonna have anything to give. We're gonna be like a lamp without oil, a light without a bulb. And so God has shared some secrets with you so you would reveal them to others. Tell people that he heals the broken and how has he done that in your life? If you've experienced some brokenness put back together, tell somebody about it. If you think Jesus is better, and it's easy for us to look around this world and be like, oh, people are chasing all these things. If you think Jesus is better, tell them Jesus is better. And tell them how that's been lived out in your life. Oh, but I don't wanna be annoying. Good, don't, right? Being bold and annoying do not have to go hand in hand. There's a way to be bold, and there's a way to be gracious, and there's a way to be loving, and there's a way to be a listener without being obnoxious. And so too often, we make these excuses. And I've shared with people before that I lived in a community, much of a Christian community, kind of like this, for 16 years. And you know how many people told me about Jesus or talked about God? Zero. Never once. My family, never invited anywhere, never invited to church, I pray all the time for my family and what I pray is that God would put people in their lives who would be bold and who would share the things that they would learn within their natural circle of influence so they would hear it from more people than just me. And I have a feeling that there are people in your circle of influence who have people praying for them the same thing and you might be the answer to that prayer. And so I gotta ask, do you hear God's word just to increase your knowledge or just to feel like you've learned something or do you hear it to do something about it because you cannot live everyday life with Jesus without listening to him. You cannot have the intimacy with God you were created for without grabbing a hold of his word, living it, and sharing it. Now, some of you might have gotten a little nervous because you're like, he's got stuff back there and he's been going for a while and he hasn't done anything with it. How much longer is this gonna go? (laughs) I'm, I'm sure you were thinking it, but I'm gonna explain this. So I read this and I thought this was really helpful, how every parable is a picture. Jesus is painting a picture for us He's saying, hey, hey, this is how things are. I want you to look at it. And it's easy for us to do that through this series to be like, oh, that was a nice sermon. Oh, that was a good story. Oh, that's a good picture, which by the way, my middle daughter drew that for me and like, uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. But the thing is, it's not meant to just be a picture. The picture is meant to be a mirror. And in that mirror, we don't, we don't like, nobody goes to a mirror when you look at your worst. And sometimes the picture turns into a mirror because we start to see ourselves as broken. And you hear something like this and you're like, I don't really share with anybody. I don't really tell my children. I don't really talk to my spouse. I don't really, you know, whatever it is, I'm not really living it out. I I lie all the time, whatever it is. And so this is where we lose people. This is why when Jesus taught, often people wanted to kill him because they don't wanna look in the mirror. It made them uncomfortable. But if you're willing to look in the mirror, if you're willing to say to him, I'm broken. I need you to bring me, back. I need you to make me new. I need you to put me back together. I need you to fix this area of my life. The mirror becomes a window, and the window is opened, and through that, we receive his incredible grace. But for many of us, the window stays closed because we're too busy staring at the picture. And what that means in our life is that when you hear the word taught, when you hear it, it goes down the drain. But instead, God is saying something different here. He's saying, I want you to hear it, I want you to put it into practice, and I want you to share it. And so what, what am I supposed to do about this morning? You should verbally share some stuff that God has taught you with other people. That's it. That, that's what we're looking for here. Because when you look in the mirror here, how's that going? And through the window, God will give you the grace that you need. You will have a genuine encounter with God. Maybe you're here and you're like, man, I, I just wanna meet with God. It's been a while. Like, and I don't feel close to him. I have teenagers say that all the time. I don't feel close to God. Chances are, if you don't feel close to God, you are the thing that is keeping yourself from being close to God, because he's all for it, right? James tells us that draw near to God and he will consider it and maybe come near to you, right? No, it says draw near to God and he's, he's all in. So let's not just be hearers of the word. Let's be people who defeat the drain. Let's be people who will reveal the secrets and let's be people who don't hide the light. Let's pray together. Father, I'm so thankful for this morning for the incredible truth of your word. Thank you for the repetition because you know how ignorant we are and how often we hear things of you and, and we just don't grasp them. Like we don't do something with them. You know, this isn't, this isn't a challenging uh, thing to understand but it's a challenging thing for us to put into practice. So I wanna pray for every person here within the sound of my voice. I wanna pray for those who have never come to you initially for that first time and said, I am broken, put me back together, that I need Jesus in my life and right now he isn't. Do not let them leave this place. Do something in their heart, stir in it where they would come up and they would do something about this. But for so many of us, starting with me, that think of all the times when I get so excited that I learn something, help us to move that into action and help us to move that into that action being sharing it with other people God, would you make us a community that not only lives everyday life with Jesus, but helps others do the same. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.